Hello and welcome to our 100th episode of the On The Radar podcast. This is the podcast that features music, artists, interviews, studio performances with acts coming to through and from the greater Midwestern areas. I am Peapod. Thank you so much for joining us. What a ride it's been. It's 100 episodes. Never did I think that about three years ago when we started this little podcast uh, at, at our local radio station in Toledo, Ohio, that morphed into this. Um, it, it, we would be able to talk to so many great men and women. Uh, doing phenomenal music, traveling through, uh, and make some great contacts around the way. So we appreciate you, all of you, whether it's the first time or you've been with us since, since the beginning. Thank you for taking the time out and, and listening to us. Um, on the Zoom call, very honored, very excited to head guitarist extraordinaire uh, for Head Cave and Night Verses, Mr. Nick DePiro. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time out and talking with me. Yeah, Thank you, man. Happy of- to be on here. Of course, and we, and we and we learned fairly recently that you you did work with another Midwestern act that we've had, Sharice uh, Con, uh, Constantino, Nihilus yeah. Abyss, and she spoke very highly of you. Um, how, how did you how did you two connect for for people who haven't checked out that episode yet? How did you two connect? Um, actually, so we're friends, or I'm friends with her uh, boyfriend, I believe. Is her boyfriend? I don't know if a uh, husband, or not, but, husband, uh, husband. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. So yeah, Maddie, uh, I've known him for a bit because just through bands and touring and stuff like that we've met and uh he's a really cool dude and he kind of hit me up and was just like hey um she's or Sarish is uh working on music and you know she's curious about trying to take it some other different directions that she's currently doing and uh was wondering or she was wondering if I would be interested in like working with her on some stuff and I was super down like he showed me a song and I was like dude she's so good like she's such a great singer and uh it was fun for me because I could tell like some of the the vibe was stuff that i also like so mm-hmm. i was like yeah this could be really cool and then we kind of just chatted and uh you know i talked to her and like we kind of just went over our mutual influences and things like that and what she wants to get out of the music and uh i basically yeah just kind of worked with her on those songs and uh we did three tracks um less than necromancy and mother winter mm-hmm. and uh pretty much like i she sent me all of her music and we kind of just you know, I, I put together um, different arrangements based on how I interpreted the song or how I, I guess I reinterpreted them um, using all of her existing parts for the most part and then would send it back. And we kind of just went back and forth on, you know, what she liked or didn't like. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was really cool getting to work with a vocalist like that talented because usually the people, you know, I record people uh, at home and stuff like that here and there. And like, you know, whether it's friends, bands or just, you know, other people. And like most of the time it's heavier kind of like aggressive vocals and stuff right um and sometimes there's clean singing but for the most part that was one of the like better vocalists that i've had the opportunity to work with so it was a lot of fun for me that's really cool that like it's a it's a a completely utter different direction i mean we we bring in when acts are traveling when you know we're not in the middle of a slow motion apocalypse um we (laughs) we we bring in touring acts uh and and we hook them up with like connections here as well as some of the acts and i I always love connecting people with artists and that's one of like my favorite things being a radio personality and 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 being so involved in like different music scenes and whatnot it's like the opportunity to just like meet people and, and network and connect and you yeah. figure out all these lives and all these stories with everybody it's beautiful yeah it's one of the best parts of it for sure and that's one of the things that like i mean i'm not the most social person in general like i you know i'm sure we'll talk more about it in general but, like this whole quarantine situation has been reasonably kind of natural for me in a lot of ways like i, I would be home anyway 
So like most of the time, and if I wasn't on tour, like that's, I would just be home working on music and stuff. So, um, touring, like that is kind of the one time for me to really get out of the house and like do a lot of stuff, like, you know, out of my general routine. And, uh, I do miss that sometimes because not that like this year, I don't think we would have been on tour this year because we were writing a lot in my bands, uh, both of them. And, you know, kind of just worked out in that way that like we were going to be off anyway, but um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the coolest parts about touring is meeting people. I've a lot of my friends that I know right now, people I still talk to on a pretty regular basis are people I've met on tour and stuff. So it's definitely uh, one of the best parts of it. I, I get in spurts as well. Like I, sometimes I'm like really want to do things and really be active. And then sometimes it's just like kind of too much. And then I'm like, I'll have to take a step back. And, uh, you know, the the whole the whole global pandemic thing, you know, it, it's been a really weird time to just kind of adapt because it's it's something that like you just read this in history books like oh a yeah. global pandemic happened oh shit this is like some mystical stuff that has been happening unfortunately it's a real thing and and, and everybody had to adapt uh some more than others some had a hard time adapting still are um but i've always been that type of person personally to like try to evolve and try new things and it really helped me set step up my game as not only as an interviewer or in a broadcaster, but just like getting all the extra stuff and all the tools so like in the last like couple of months and upping, you know, the video and the, and the quality and my graphics and things like that. And it's all yeah. these different parts that a lot of bands and a lot of artists and just creative people don't necessarily think about, but are very important. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it definitely gives you an opportunity to really fine tune things that you might not have otherwise spent the time to really look in on. Like, uh, myself included, whether it's just, you know, mixing or um, I started recently doing Twitch streaming in uh, April. So like that stuff, uh, I had to learn everything, like how to set it up, which, uh, you know, you would think would be a lot easier than it actually is. But there's actually a lot of steps to getting to the point of actually having your video with like my logic session and, you know, my proper inputs and this mic and all that stuff like on a streaming site like that that whole process using an aggregate device, like all these things, I had to watch like a million videos, like scour the internet on like all the information I could get, which is all out there, of course. But um, it took a second before I actually got it set up. But yeah, stuff like that, I mean, for so, sure. So, so you're, you're a graduate of YouTube University. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was one of the things too. Like I was trying to find like a better mic. I had like a travel mic that I was put, hooking in and then I'm like, I need to get something cleaner as I was doing research. And like one of the people that I follow, like they were promoting like this microphone. So I did like all the research on that. And then like I learned how to do like extra effects in post to like make sure like nice. add a little bass into my voice. So on the audio version, it's a little bit more fuller than necessarily like the video version things like that you know it's just like all these little things that like learning more stuff and it got me super excited for, uh, super excited about that i don't think i would try to find or try to seek out if this didn't happen yeah no definitely i mean that's kind of the hope of situations like this i guess like in terms of you know getting to the like adapting and finding like new ground out of like you know a new scenario that maybe you didn't expect or have like a real plan of attack for so i think for a lot of people you know whether it's you know now maybe your job you can work from home because your company realizes wow you actually don't need to come into work and you can do all the stuff you need to do at your home like on your computer and that might be you know good or bad thing depending on the kind of person you are but like i would think 
a lot of people probably are going to benefit if that is their scenario. Obviously, a lot of people it's screwed over a lot of people, too. But the idea of like the people who did have a job that now the job maybe has adapted in a more favorable way. I think that's pretty cool. I think it, it, it's a it's a definite change. And, and a turn that I think a lot of things had to do. I'm, I'm a firm believer of like, there gets to points in your life that you have to kind of re you have to break everything down to rebuild it bigger and stronger. Yeah. And, and, and I think with a lot of things and not getting too political or anything, but I think that at that point in this country, uh, it, it kind of reached that point of that, of that breaking point that like, maybe we need to change things up a bit, fresh coat of paint on a couple things. Maybe the things that we've always talked about, maybe aren't as good as we claim to be. Yeah. No, it's been a good time for a lot of people to reflect on things that make them happy, things that matter the most. I think, you know, even people like I think about people who were always away from their kids and stuff like that now, like being forced, like they have to work at home or whatever the situation is. Like maybe now they get to spend more time with their family that they may not have other, like maybe have never had the opportunity to do. Um, at least not for like years and years till they retire or something. So, and like, that's a totally different scenario than like it would be if your kids are younger and stuff. So I feel like that situation, there's a lot of like pros that come out of it and all probably just as many cons, but that whole situation, I feel like looking at the good side of it is probably the way to go versus just like sulking on what sucks. Like that was one of the things I think that was hardest for me is if, you know, a lot of people mostly speaking on a, I guess the musician or art side of stuff, but you know, people, I think initially took it really like hard and took it to where it's like, okay, well my whole life is so upside down now. What do I do? I can't tour. That's my livelihood. That's how I make all my money. That's whatever it is. Now what? And it's like, for me, it was like, okay, well yeah, now what now? Like you have to find something new. Like you have to do something else that makes up for that whether it's like more of what you already do and just like go really hard at it. Like maybe you can't play live, but you can stream like your show or something like, like there's ways to, uh, you know, adapt and people are willing, like you would see people like fans of bands and stuff are welcoming live streaming. Like they want people to still perform and still get this. They want to see them live. Even if it's not in person, like there's still value there. And, uh, I think that was like harder to watch sometimes with like, you know, any mutual friends where it's like, you know, I want everyone to be, happy but i think there's some times where i'm like damn like why aren't you posting more videos why aren't you writing more stuff like why aren't you releasing a record right now like you have all the time in the world to write music if that was your only job like you're home now like play guitar all day like what well, i don't know so like <laughs> that was, that's how i took it really it was just like well this is my scenario to take advantage of and i did my best to do that so you know with myself at least like in my band we got a lot done that we wouldn't have been able to get done if this didn't happen so i'm a little bit grateful in certain ways and, and like selfishly in that way like I think we did get a lot of music done which was like really cool and you know but I have I have had friends that have been negatively affected so I feel for all sides I don't know like it's, it's a weird thing to talk about because like I don't want to like ever seem like I don't care about that stuff but like I do feel appreciative that I've had the time that I've had to do the things I needed to do and uh whether that's you know musically speaking or just suffer on the house whatever it is you know Right. It's the, the idea of like personally, like, yeah, this sucks. You feel for all the things, but professionally, you know, with your livelihood and everything, you, you had this opportunity to explore and do more. And, you know, the one of the biggest things you've talked about is, you know, the, the rise of Twitch in general has been huge. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of you and, and these Twitch songs and these Twitch releases that you from start to finish create a song. 
And then you've yeah. you're like at the time of this recording, like you know, uh, just over, just like close to fifty songs, songs like full on like themed ideas, start to finish for however long it is, and that's incredible. Right. Dude, it's been crazy. I mean, I I literally like I always try to stay busy. Like a lot of my days would either consist of just opening a Logic session, um, which is recording software if you don't know, but mm -hmm. basically Logic is the one I use and. Um, I would usually spend my day like I would just open a blank session and try to just write something like whether it's just a riff that day or, you know, half of a song or just something I'm already working on. Maybe I'll spend time mixing or something like that. Um, but with the Twitch stuff, I find myself writing way more than I would have before and actually finishing ideas, which is the biggest part, because like I have like if I showed you and I've shown some people like the just the depth of like my logic folder is stupid like i have so many unfinished ideas i have so many like just scattered brain like i'm gonna record a riff here and then name it something stupid that i'll never remember and then when i want to go back to it i can't even find it so it's like so many times like that happens to myself i just do it to myself but uh i try to be better about labeling things now but with twitch it's like the goal for me on there is to like start an idea either from scratch or an existing idea maybe i had the night before um and just try to complete an entire song on the stream, you know, with people in the chat, if people have suggestions on stuff, like, you know, they want like try switching symbols or maybe like ring out here or so, any, any little suggestion, I'll try anything people suggest. Like I'm not, I have no ego with that stuff. It's, it's fun to try other ideas that I wouldn't have thought of myself. And sometimes it makes a song better too, which is pretty rad. Um, but yeah, so I try to finish, I try to finish a song every stream and so far since April, I mean, was that April, May, June, July, August, September, October? Yeah, so I've released almost seven. I did. I think I did release seven EPs or releases so far, which would consist of uh, about fifty tracks. Yeah, and I just started. I think I just name or uh, name them by number. So it's like Twitch one, Twitch two, Twitch three. Like I'm not trying to name every single song something unique, um, and it helps me keep or like organization of everything too. But uh, yeah, I think I just finished the 55th song. So just going to keep trucking along. And, uh, you know, if people are down to listen and watch, like, that's cool. Um, if not, I understand it's a lot of music. But uh, No, it's it's crazy. And, and just, you know, doing research and everything and doing a deep dive on you and, 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 and listen. Like, I was already a fan of Night Versus. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and, and, and being into that from uh, Eric and his drumming with Fever, yeah. Um, and, and, and it's incredible. I was just like, wow, who is this guy? Who's this drummer? Where do you come from? And I'm like, oh, there's this band night versus, okay, let me dive in. And then I just, it, it was incredible that, that, and I love, and I'm a bit, and I became a fan in the last couple of years of like this, you know, the, this post-rock world, the, uh, you know, the Prague, you know, all these intricacies when it comes to a lot of the music, you know, and, and this all, whole other world that's not necessarily just, you know, like your rock alternative metal, whatever, you know, the genres that people label themselves or labels label themselves yeah. as, and, and it's so incredible. And then like hearing the story about night verses. And then when, when your former vocalist left, uh, in 2017, you know, going the instrumental route, which, you know, as a guy that was just getting into when that was happening, the post-rock world finding out, Oh, this band is now going to be doing a full, you know, instrumental only album was incredible to me. When, when that changed happened, 
you know, was that was that something that you're like, this is going to be harder for you guys? Was it easier for you guys? Was it just like a whole another animal? With the previous albums of Out the Sky and EP 2012, for those who don't know, Lift Your Existence 2014 LP and Into the Vanishing Life in 2016, you know, going that instrumental route and then future releases with under, under Night Versus being all full on instrumental. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I mean, basically Night Versus, like the three of us um, that are Night Versus right now, it's myself. Um, Eric and Proto on drums and Riley Herrera on bass. The three of us have been playing together since we were like 15 years old. So like about half of our lives at least um, writing music together and stuff like that. And we always wrote music first. So when we had a vocalist, um, we basically would write songs and I would record them and we would send it to him. And uh, he would you know, send ideas back sometimes or he would wait and come out because he used to live in, a, we all live in California, like Southern California. And he, um, at the time, lived in New Jersey. So we were like opposite coasts. And so in order for us to work together in person, like he would have to fly out. And, uh, you know, that would be, you know, you can only ask somebody to do that so many times and like someone's only going to do that so many times. So like there has to be either a reason to do that or we're going to we're going on tour or something like that. So we always tried to uh, make that work as best as possible. But it got to a point where basically we had some time off and we wrote a lot of music and we were kind of just realizing you know, this is better suited instrumentally for us. Like we were getting to a point where ideas were a little bit more catered towards just like more instrumental running the song versus like a vocal. And uh, we kind of just talked about it and it just made sense to us to try to do that. And we talked to our singer and he was kind of like in a similar mindset of like, yeah, like that makes sense. Like it wasn't like a mutual, like, I mean, it was a total mutual understanding. It wasn't like a, like an issue really for either of us to, part ways and we're still totally cool friends and stuff like that we're so cool uh, totally cool we're all friends and stuff and uh yeah it kind of just it made sense and i think because we wrote songs instrumentally for so long before that it's very natural to us to just write instrumentally as a three-piece because you know we always tried to fill up a lot of sound in general so getting into this world then of like your prog your 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 instrumental your post whatever you want to call it i mean it's so, so hard to somewhat explain it to 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 non-fans quote unquote of this style of music but like how'd you get into this world like this all these intricacies and the the gent or whatever you want to call it how did you dive into this instead of being like a in a in a punk band or a rock band or a pop band like what what is it about this style of music that really drew you in um well i grew up on tool and like new metal oh that's that makes Tool look bad i grew up on tool and tool to me is like one of the biggest like coolest prog bands that has a lot of different uh atmospheres and like you know there's a lot to them and like their rhythms and stuff like that that i was always very drawn to and their note choices and kind of just like they always write in like a minor key for the most part so there's always like this kind of like i guess like dark overtone to it or like a moody overtone and i always was drawn to that and what i mentioned new metal is because you know they probably don't like to be part of it but they're like because of them i found a lot of other bands too like i got really into deftones and like i grew up on rage and like all these bands uh from that whole new metal era um whether it's like you know edema or like taproot slipknot like oh i could name a bunch and like all that stuff i got very into early on because the guitars were heavy the the there was riffs there was like more like you know headbang type vibes just like it was more uh just like aggressive and like always 
had that kind of dark overtone and like very atmospheric. And that's why I always liked that kind of music. And I think with, you know, being an instrumental band and being, you know, where things are right now, um, obviously like there's a whole wave of the gent stuff you mentioned, which, you know, is heavily inspired by Meshuga and like, you know, bands, um, like that kind of style where it's like the very focused on just like, you know, weird feeling riffs and stuff like that and weird rhythms. Um, so that was always cool to me too. And I got really into them and, you know, when periphery first came out and kind of brought that to the table, like in a more accessible way, I think that kind of like triggered a lot of other bands to start doing that as well. And, uh, I think I was just always drawn to heavy music in general. So for me, it just kind of always clicked in my head. Like, yeah, it's, that's cool. Like it sounds really good. And, uh, I guess writing it, I don't, I wouldn't say like night versus is a jump band really, but I think we just by default, like any band kind of doing like prog ish stuff is going to be all in, encompassed in like that. Like that's part of it too. Um, I guess, but yeah, I mean, I've always just liked heavy atmospheric music. So for me, that's kind of what all of that stuff comes from on my end. And I think as a band, um, the three of us, you know, we all come from different elements of music and Eric will bring a lot of the actual prog and like more of the brain of music to the table. And, uh, I would say Riley comes from punk for sure. And like, you know, he grew up on all the like legit punk bands and stuff that I don't even know any of those kinds of bands until he shows me stuff. And then it's like, like I may have heard of some of them, but he's definitely like bringing a lot of the, you know, perspective of like, whether it's like feel or like energy and like that way too. And, uh, you know, we all just bring, come from different things. So we're all bringing different stuff to the table, which I think is my favorite part about that band is the collaboration element. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, that, that collection of stuff is what we are most drawn to just like all of the different influences. And I think the overtone of our style becomes proggy in general but i think we all are thinking of whatever different influences we've had the whole time and that kind of fills out our sound in that way i want to give you points for for mentioning edema and taproot because <laughs> i feel like i was like the only person that was super into taproot and they're from detroit which i just found oh, out yeah. fairly recently so but like i i remember uh because i grew up in a home where like i wasn't allowed to like even watch mtv or anything like it was a very kind of somewhat secular not like super far but like when i got into college uh like in 04 um, I, I, I started discovering more and more and I fell in love with Taproot and there was like one album from Edema that had like a different lead singer. Cause Edema like went through like four lead singers. Yeah. And I like, fell off after the first record. The first record is one of my favorites. The rest of them, I honestly, I don't know. There was an album. I forget who was the name of the lead singer. I, I think it's called shoot the arrows. I believe it was like, oh, they're okay. on the, like there's like a plane. And I really loved that album for like some strange reason. And then like, I know taproot is like back in the studio doing new things now. And like, and I always loved like seven dust. Like I always feel like they were a super underrated like band that there's just like, they're always like doing things and they're not like, I don't want to say like superstardom because they're, they're, they're people know them. They, they've gotten radio play and, and things like that. Like, but like they've always like skated like under the radar, no pun yeah. intended. And like they still put out some like legit awesome things. Dude, I also I neglected to mention Corn and Biscuit, who I think were like West Borland is a huge uh, influence, especially for like uh, 
I feel like his he has a lot of really creative riffs that I think people don't really appreciate. I think they look at Limp Bizkit as like kind of a like a parody of itself, like of new metal and stuff. But really, right. like the music in that band and dude, honestly, Fred Durst, like he's catchy as hell. Like there's a reason why they were so big. But like the riffs and like West Borland's guitar playing and like a lot of that stuff is really cool. And Korn, like I don't know why I didn't mention them, but Korn to me, I think they're like the top tier of new metal and like they like their riffs and like the the amount of creative effects and like ways that they have just like background sounds happening that you don't even realize is guitar half the time like that shit's cool and like there's not a lot of bands that have really touched on what they do as well as they do it at least and you know i always appreciate that as well and like i i love using effects i have a huge pedal board and like all that stuff you know i i definitely i wouldn't it's it's weird because like i i love new metal stuff and i i will talk about it all the time but mm-hmm. i wouldn't say like night versus as a whole is like inspired by new metal but like i i think naturally in the back of my head will probably like be channeling that stuff like without realizing it sometimes and i think it's a lot of the it's just that atmosphere like so much of that is so what i associate with new metal is just this like there's always something like happening in the air of the music whether it's like some weird guitar effects or like i don't know like jonathan davis had a bunch of layers on his vocals all the time so there's always like weird stuff there but yeah, I think uh, I think new metal is one of the coolest genres of music that doesn't really get the praise I feel like it deserves. I think it gets a little more shit talk than it actually should be. I but think I, a I th- lot of cheesy bands too, so I don't know. I think you're absolutely right, and I th- I would feel like Corn and like to me, Corn and Lincoln Park are like the the oh, Lincoln the, Park too, the top course, yeah. the top of the 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 new metal people, but they've yeah. also always also evolved and everything over the years. Uh, to, maybe to some really bad to some really good. They've always been both, ex- uh, you know, experimental and with the effects and the atmosphere and things like that. And like, when you go into this world of like prog and post and, 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 then, you know, and maybe even like on like shoegaze and stuff like that, like it, yeah. it forms like the idea of like this atmosphere, whether there's vocals or not, you know, your, your, your Russian circles, your American football, you know, night versus of course, you know, like they, they, all these bands like form, an atmosphere that makes you stop and listen to music front to back, like how the artist would intel uh, would would want you to do it. As much as the stream, and then we've talked about this many of times on the sh- on the podcast and the show. It you know it. it as much as like the streaming machine is great for like connecting and getting hip to like new artists and everything, you know it hurts the idea of just like the a la carte. Uh, of listening to music it, it hurts the idea of like listening to a whole album and learning the whole story quote unquote from beginning to end dude i am the worst with that uh i so i have a really really bad habit of when i listen to music especially if it's like uh if it's if it's a heavy band like if i know the band is gonna go into some heavy moments like I will literally skip through songs sometimes just to like, like if I'll hear, I'll, if it's like an intro and like nothing's happening, they're just building ambience right. into something, I'll skip that shit. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I'll skip it. I'll go to the first riff of the song and then I'll listen for a sec. I'll listen to the verse. I'll listen to the chorus. And if it seems like it's going back to the verse and chorus again, I'll skip to the bridge and I'll listen to the bridge and then I'll listen to the, I'll see what they do to the chorus one more time. And if there's a little space left, that means they probably have an outro riff that's really heavy. So I'll go to that part and I'll like, not every single time, but a lot of times I'll catch myself doing that. You'll it's, dissect a whole song then. It's You're stupid. just dissecting the, uh, just a song by itself into its parts. It's 
it's rude to do probably if it's a band like <laughs> if it's a band that i already have like an um, mass respect for like if it's like carnival puts out a new song i'll listen right. to the whole song if tool puts out a new song i'm gonna listen to the entire cd like i did deftones same thing all these bands like that like i will always listen to their whole song because i know that there's more depth to what they probably went for and it's stuff that has inspired me countless times so i will give them that but a lot of other stuff like it's hard for me to uh to sit and listen to an entire thing if i know the parts are going to repeat already or if it's like it's something i've already kind of heard a million times and like i just want to get to the the hook of the part or whatever um and yeah that's a bad habit though i don't i don't say i don't think other people should probably do that i feel like i'm just like for whatever reason i'm just very cynical with stuff like that but uh i also to be honest i don't listen to a lot of music either so like i <laughs> i probably am gonna sound like a douche on this right now but i listen to a lot of my own stuff because i'm always working on music so it's well, rare yeah. that i actually sit and like listen to a record and because i'm not really like I, my favorite time listening to music is driving um mm-hmm. And so unless I'm doing that, like I'm really I'm at home. I don't really like put on a record very often, which kind of sucks because I do. I feel like sometimes, you know, it's nice to get inspired by other people's work or just shut your head off and just like zone out on something. And there is a lot of value to that. And uh, I'm probably the only one in my band that actually is like this. But I think that like everyone else in my band, like will sit and take time to like take in music and uh, they both draw too. So, I mean speaking of night versus uh specifically like eric and riley both are great artists so like they spend a lot of time drawing and like that's a big passion for them as well and i think that's a good place to really take in music as well and uh i think because i'm always just like in logic myself like i don't really i don't really like want to hear more music like when i'm done with whatever i'm doing that day like i usually like do something else like i'll you know go like outsider i'll go play freaking call of duty or something like whatever it is so. no i get it i i, I completely understand when, when i started doing this everybody is like oh what's your favorite podcast i'm like i can't listen to podcasts because i can't listen to like quote unquote and now i'm gonna sound like a douche i you know i all what i do for a living is working radio so i i'm concentrated on how i sound and and getting and timing and breaks and quality and like i'm such a quality snob that if i if i'm hearing somebody do you know a podcast that is just taking raw audio or like they're airing a phone interview i can't fucking listen to that like i'll just i'll just like i'll just cringe and everything so like i've become a quality snob and like even like when i'm like playing people's music or everything like because you know we do uh we we do a, a radio version of this where i take it like a past episode and cut it up into bite-sized segments and then we play like people's music out of the midwest and everything like Sick. that um you know and showing them love and showing like the the rise up bands and everything um you know even some of the quality of that music like i try to make sure like when people send me stuff if it sounds like ass to me i won't air it like i just i can't because like i'm too too enthralled on like quality and sound and, and like and I'm re- and like even listening to like some episodes that I've done myself when I started doing this home things and like the quality of it I'm like I could do so much more I can or you know there's too much popping or everything like I dissect my voice so much to the point that like when I'm not talking or interviewing I don't want to do listen to other people talk in interview because then <laughs> I will I will I will concentrate more on the the execution rather than the subject. So right, I understand right. a little bit on on your music as I give my you know Obama thumb while I'm talking on the video. And I believe anyway. Um, the the idea of uh, of like you you create so much that when you're not creating 
you don't want to create you don't want to take in things that you create on for a living if that yeah. makes sense it it varies though i mean like that's not completely blanket statement like i definitely like will right, listen yeah. to like if and if somebody's like hey check this out i'll listen to it for sure like i'm not oh, yeah. that, that big of a dick but like to the idea of like you know me just like if like a band that uh i've heard do kind of like similar things all the time puts out a new song like i might just skim through but if it's a band that is a creative a really creative band and like you know i can expect their players to be constantly pushing themselves or something like that to where it is something that is like more inspiring or like in my opinion and like who am i whatever so like that like to me like if it's inspiring to me like i'll always take the time to listen and dissect the entire thing for sure but uh yeah i don't know there's there's only a handful of bands that i really like i really want to hear new things from all the time and like i really do appreciate like that stuff and there's a lot of bands where i listen to them just to get the quick fix of like a headbang real quick and like maybe that's inspiring in itself like i love heavy music so no matter what how like generic or quote-unquote generic it is or whatever like if it's dope and heavy like i don't care like i'm gonna listen to it i like heavy shit no matter what so right to me like that's like it is what it is i don't know no, right. I get it. I get it. And like, and I've been ended up being the person that'll help other podcasts improve their stuff and everything. So like, I, I vibe with you on the idea of just like, there's creation and then there's enjoyment, but like, you don't want to make sure it's like the same thing all the time because then you'll just get annoyed and, 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 and your passion will end up being like a job. And that's, sure. that's always a hard part to try to weave that line very carefully. So it doesn't feel like your passion project ends up feeling like it's a job and you get burned out on both ends. Yeah. No, I mean, I could see that happening. I think uh, there was moments of the Twitch stuff sometimes where I would catch myself being like, man, am I just doing this to like go through the motion of just like literally just trying to finish a song or mm -hmm. am I like still putting like my best efforts? And so I like that. I think now I found like a, a comfort zone where it's like I know like I have sort of formulas that I can kind of like fall back on in a lot of times, but I also have like a goal for myself to just constantly write something that one of my bands could use, whether it's night versus or head cave, like there's a different vibe to both, but I know if I write one of those types of vibes, like I try to write to the best of my ability now, like always. So if one of those bands wants to use it, at least I know like, Hey, I really tried something like cool here. If you guys want to check it out kind of thing, which has happened for both projects, which is cool. So, I mean, there's a lot of pros to uh, having done the Twitch stuff. What's super cool also is that, you know, you, you, you supplied a, a, an upcoming demo of a new Head Cave song. Um, yeah. before, before we dive into the, kind of the, that or a little bit of preview of, uh, I, I'm going to guess it's going to be called Two by uh, the guests of it. We Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> that was like a, a good way to start it for us, I think. I mean, this is the first now, EP, one. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like we... That project's really interesting to me. It's it's a lot of fun also because basically like I wrote all these songs um before there was a vocalist or anything. Mm -hmm. Like it was just me um writing just the heaviest riffs that I could think of at the time. And that's pretty much what the first EP is. So like I wrote all of these songs. I had already released some of them instrumentally and uh just kind of on my own like platforms and stuff. And then I was friends with Nick and Tanner. Um Tanner I had been speaking to about doing a band in general with and then Nick from I Ticket Home who's the vocalist of Head Cave uh I toured with him in uh, Night Versus and we just you know became friends with that whole band 
and I would keep in touch with him here and there. And like, I always wanted him to do a song eventually. Cause like, mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite vocalists. And I was like, dude, it'd be so sick if you just did vocals over any of these songs, like take your pick kind of thing. And you know, he's always down, but like as life happens, like he's, it just didn't happen for a while. And then he just randomly sent me a song. I was actually working. It was like probably 10 PM on like some weekday. I was working on some stupid electronic song, just like bullshitting around on my computer. And then I just get a text from him and he like did an entire song uh which ended up being control on that ep i and love so he that just, song thanks man yeah so he sent me that and i was just like what this is fucking sick dude <laughs> i was so stoked and i texted him i was like yo this is awesome like we you gotta do more songs like we have to do more songs and so he was down and uh we had a like more serious talk about it like yeah like uh let's write more music basically and we're like all right cool so um and then tanner i was kind of just like well look like i want to do this project nick like you should just be the drummer for this and then we'll have you know that that'll be the band and uh so that's pretty much how that formed and so now now like every new song that we've written has been written with the idea that nick is now the vocalist so now like i know like you know who's going to be doing stuff over this stuff which uh in some ways has influenced the writing but in other ways i try to like you know do what i think is always coolest to me and like what i think musically is like is like the next uh step for that band and i think uh you know, Nick has been doing a great job on vocals because basically similar to how Night Versus used to operate, like I'll finish an entire song um, with every instrument and then I'll send it to both of them and Nick will do his vocals and send them back. And then I work with Tanner on the drums and kind of like build out the whatever other ideas we have. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. So the song I sent you is pretty much in, I would say, a completed demo state. And for the most part, I don't think it'll really change in terms of the actual structure of the song. Um, but some of the some of the like mix elements might be slightly different as it comes out later. Um, yeah, when you sent me that, I was listening and I'm like, they call this a demo? This is not a demo. <laughs> this is this is a full ass song. This is red as hell, man. And I liked yeah. it. I really did. Thank you. Yeah, that was a that that's one of my favorite ones so far. Um, we have about eight or ten or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, and I'm messing up because I like the Twitch songs. I I tend to not give my songs real names. I just name them by number. So this one is called a uh, Heavy Twenty, which or HV is heavy. That's my okay. For that. that make that makes uh, sense. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, that's the twentieth the twentieth song that I've written with an eight string guitar basically, and uh, in like a a way for head cave or like the metal stuff. Um, and a couple of these, I think that one included actually wrote on Twitch. So like that was one of the ones from a Twitch stream that, um, I knew was going to be for head cave. So I sent it to Nick after I finished it and he did vocals and that's where it's at so far. So I had like maybe one or two ideas for it that maybe will change one thing, but other than that, it's pretty much what it is. So I was happy to share it. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, people dig it. Um, I was happy to see the response on the first CP. That was really cool.
I thought it was super cool when, you know, Sharice told me that it was like, yeah, Nick has a side project called Head Cave. Have you listened to it? I go, no, let me, <laughs> let me see. And then I listened to it. And I'm like, where has this been? This is awesome. Like it's that idea of just like the, 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 the heaviness and like, and the, the intricacies and like you spoke about periphery and tool and like all these acts, you know, deft tones and everything, you know, it, 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 it again, it goes back to that, like the, the atmosphere, whether it's heavy or light, you know, depending on where you look on the spectrum of all these types of music, because you can lump them together in a whole world, but you can also keep them separate. But like, it, it it's crazy to, to, to determine all that. Yeah. And one thing I very, uh, am very prominent on, it's kind of like my rule for that band one every song i want to do on an eight string no matter what like it'll always be eight string stuff mm -hmm. and two like everything is just one guitar so like there's no like i double stuff but i'm not going to add a second guitar whether it's like a lead or a rhythm under one or the other like it's always just one guitar and except for one song has one moment where i actually had written the song for another band they didn't want it so then I was just like, well, I'll just use this. So then that song in the chorus has a second guitar, but that's the only song. Um, and I'm not going to say which one, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that was, I can't even think of the name right now, actually. So it doesn't matter. Um, it's the one that Ke Chemical Dreams, is that a song? Chem I don't know. I don't I, even know I my think. own music. I, I'll um, have to dive in. I don't, I don't want to cheat right now while, while I'm <laughs> no, trying no, to no, talk. But like, um, it, it, it's interesting. Um, Mechanical Dreams. That's what it uh, is. Cool. There it is. So tell me, you, you spoke so highly about Deftones and Tool. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on some of their new stuff they just recently came out this year. Yeah. Um, so to me, Tool on their new record, I thought was like, there's a lot to take in from it. And I did like three full listens through of it. And uh, I I really, really like their new stuff. I think they, they touched on a lot of elements of like my favorite parts of Tool. Um, I think Adam Jones did a lot of cool stuff on guitar that... I don't, I think are, um, you know, his usual tricks and stuff, but that's what I want out of it. So like, that's kind of like a thing where, um, you know, I was, was kind of saying before, like basically 
I think each of their records have progressed pretty well. So there's Undertow to Anima. I think they did a lot of uh, to a lot came from their music between those two records. Like the jump was pretty significant in my opinion. And then Anima to Lateralis is where they went to like some real spiritual territory. Like that's where they really like. There's moments of that record that I still hear new things when I listen to it. Lateralis is my favorite CD. Period. Like that is my favorite CD. Honestly, and, that's uh, one of my. That was my favorite of the Tools. Yeah, it's it's an amazing record. I think it's flawless. I don't have. I cannot think of a single thing I dislike about it. Um, and I mean, I don't really like. I don't. I don't dislike anything from them really. But Lateralis is like a perfect record. And then. 10,000 days I think the progression from there they got more techy a little bit with their riffs and like there's a little bit more like polyrhythmic stuff happening there's a lot more like you know brain in the music from lateralis to 10,000 days I think they they focused a lot on the and I don't know what they focused on exactly but the progression of the music was pretty apparent to me um whether it's just like the riff difficulty or whatever um there's more going on in the music on 10,000 days and then on this new one fear inoculum I felt like they kind of that CD to me is what would have happened after lateralis in between lateralis and 10,000 days. Like that's okay, what that so, record. So it's kind of like out of place in a sense, sort of, sort of, but it's, it's weird because I listen to it and it's like, they still touch on new planes and stuff, but I think they really brought it back to the lateralis vibe of like, I don't, I don't know how explain it, but like I get the same kind of feelings listening to some of those songs that I do when I listen to lateralis. And when I listen to 10,000 days, it's just a different vibe to me. It's still tool and it's still the same dudes that I like, you know, respect musically and stuff, but there's just something about that record doesn't hit me the same way that a uh, lateralis does. And I'm not really sure what it is exactly. It might just be the actual songs that they are, but that's how it's always been for me. So I felt like fear inoculum was closer to lateralis vibe than uh, a progression from 10,000 days. And I think like, you know, it's weird to think about a band writing a record for years like 13 years right that's the difference. i feel like that was almost too long that i think the bar was set so high that yeah. i don't think necessarily they they crossed it i don't know i need to deep dive that song that that whole album again because i feel like after listening a couple times i'm just like i'm still not i'm still not fully sold well, like i feel I like it, well, there was too long for my for my liking I think that's just the that is the only issue I could think of is that the songs are just so long that it's hard to like like there's not like a parabola or like a schism or right something you know, radio like, friendly in right. a sense like there's not like an easy accessible song like that they're all it's just one big motion of awesome music but just like it take there's a lot that you have to digest with it it's not just like a quick I'm gonna throw this on real quick and like jam out to a couple songs um so that was how I felt about them. I think with Deftones, uh, Deftones to me is an interesting band. I think that they have, like Tool, progressed a lot throughout their career. Mm -hmm. You know, like from CD to CD, like they're pretty much always adapting their sound. Um, so the new one to me, I feel like they actually did get to some new places that were cool for them. And, uh, you know, I've only listened through it as a whole one time so far, but I've gone back to specific songs and stuff. And... I really like um, a couple of them a lot. And I think the the vibe that they got out of that record is also kind of touches on that atmospheric vibe, which they always kind of have in general. Um, there's a lot of melody between, you know, Chino's layering of vocals and Stefan's big chords and like kind of just the ambience of the DJ as well. Um, there's a lot that they do as a band to capture emotion and stuff. And I think uh, on this new one, they did a lot of stuff that I like a lot better than anything they did on the last one, Gore. 
And I think the bass is like a huge improvement in terms of like, you notice it a lot. Um, there's like a lot of moments where the, t whether it's the tone or the actual bass riff pops out more than I've noticed on probably any other Deftones record, which I thought was pretty interesting too. Um, and Chino is always good. Like I think Chino is one of the sickest vocalists to have come out. And uh, it's cool that he's never let up on his like, whether it's like him getting aggressive or just like him trying to continue writing the best melodies. Like he's really, really good. And uh, I think he shines probably the most on the whole record. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really good. I, I also like, I, I really enjoyed some of the songs off of the new uh, Deftones album, but I haven't sat down and listened to it. I, I, I haven't, I've been so, I've been so swamped as of late with like all these episodes and like all and like radio work and everything. And like, I haven't sat down and like been in my office, whether it's here or at work and, and just like, re just like really like swoop in music from an album. It, it, it's been really hard. I, I think I need to s sit down and, and listen to more music by the, by itself and, uh, you know, absorb it more. Um, I think that's, uh, it's, it's good busy. Don't get me wrong. But like at the same time, just like, I like those moments that I can just like absorb new music and or like a full new album and and really enjoy it. Like there's a handful of uh, new acts or not act, new acts, but like new new albums from acts that I really like to follow and like whether they're gonna be uh, where I want them to be, you know, new or upcoming episodes or whatever. But it's hard for me to to uh, do all that. So you're a musician. Your band's got the sound. You've written your own music, and now you need a studio to record it. Come to Laser Light Recording Studio, now open right here in town. Laser Light delivers the complete studio recording package for local musicians. High quality equipment, post processing, and mixing, plus a balanced range of musical instruments, amps, mics, and studio players for taking your dynamic sound to the next level, plus video ready capabilities. Toledo's Collaboration Station. The Laser Light Atmosphere is a uniquely designed space centered on capturing the art of your performance. The studio is modeled around an unassuming environment, delivering both freedom and fulfillment. The Laser Light Acres are the ideal setting to snap some photos for social media, playbills, and product releases. The world is calling. Pick it up. If you're a musician looking to record your music, come take a tour. Check out the vibe and book your session at Laser Light Recording Studio in Waterville. For more information, go to laserlightrecordingstudio.com. That's laserlightrecordingstudio.com. So where's the mindset? Where Where's your headspace? Where Where's the direction you're taking uh, some of the new stuff with Night Versus and Head Cave? Uh, yeah, I think uh, with Head Cave, it's going to be... I don't want to say more of the same, but I think, you know, if you enjoyed the EP, you're probably going to find similar things to get into with the new stuff. I think we didn't try to like, you know, change anything up. I think we just kind of pushed what we liked about the songs in the last one and kind of like what, uh, I think people liked. like, I I'm considerate of, you know, still being really heavy and still being just as melodic. And I think Nick is just as catchy and, uh, aggressive on the vocals and stuff as well. So I think on that end, like it's just an extension of the EP probably if anything. Um, and I think night versus, you know, we're always trying to push ourselves and we're always trying to get to new places. And I think, uh, musically speaking, which I guess that's all there is speaking, um, with that band, but basically night versus, I think has touched on some new stuff that, um, we haven't really done on previous records, but I think, it's with the same kind of approach that we always would have to music and we always write things that, you know, until we're content. And I think, you know, we're never trying to, we're very conscious of uh, not straying from what we like most about music 
and not trying to just do new things just for the sake of new things. When I say new things, I mostly mean new sounds and new like tones here and there. I think uh, there's more eight string stuff going on than I would have before. There's seven string songs. There's songs that are in different tunings and stuff like that than I've used. Um, and I think, you know, on Eric's end, there's a lot of crazy sounds that he's just created himself um, from scratch that he's now playing on his drum pads and stuff like that. So there's a lot of just like, you know, new tones and sounds and stuff like that. And I think Sonic, like song wise, I think the vibes are, uh, you know, consistent with the last record, but I think different. I think there's a lot more intensity going on. And I think there's a lot more uh, heavier. There's a lot heavier moments in a different way than like just actually just like a straight up heavy riff. It's more like emotionally heavy sometimes. Right. Um, which, you know, it's always kind of weird to speak about your own stuff. I feel like some of this I can step away from and listen to from an outside perspective only because we've been writing it for so long. And I think the, you know, a lot of it has been written very quickly too. Like we did a lot of zoom writing, like honestly over, over zoom, like I found a way to set up, um, my, my situation with recording to where Eric and Riley could both see my entire setup and I can record live. They could like tell me to try things. Eric and Riley can both program their drums and bass so I can input their ideas immediately if needed or uh, afterwards, like whatever. So there's a lot of um, flexibility in terms of how we write on that end. And I think, you know, like because of Zoom, like there's also different things that happen because, you know, it's one thing to work together in a room um, and it's kind of a different thing to be hearing your song. Like for them, I'm, I'm guessing too, like hearing your song through headphones, like as like it's being recorded, you know what I mean? Like that, like that element's a little different than like jamming together. Mm -hmm. So like I, we try to keep it the same feel. Like we still, you know, like I wouldn't say it changes how we write, but I think it might affect how we're hearing things like in the moment sometimes, um, which, you know, is neither good or bad. I think it just is something new, but, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to finishing the record. I would say we're probably about 80% or so, um, finished. I think there's a couple songs that I would like to push a little farther and see how those will end up. And I think there's a couple songs that um, are completely finished for sure. And yeah, I'm looking forward to recording it for real and getting into a proper studio um, and actually like, you know, hearing it, the hearing these ideas that we've been working on for a while in a more uh, professional sense. Cause or a polished sense, I guess I should say. Cause like, I think for me, like I, I record all of our demos and stuff and like, I'm all right. Like I can, I can get our song, get our point across for sure. But, uh, it's different for me to be recorded by somebody else. So like we've gone to Will Putney now, um, well once really for an entire record. And then he mixed, uh, the last one with vocals as well, but recording with someone like him and him specifically, like he's a really good guitar player mm -hmm. and he has the same kind of like upbringing that we had in a lot of ways musically speaking like we come from similar band perspectives and uh i think he gets like exactly what we're going for and so it's fun for me to a not be the guy at the computer while i'm also trying to play guitar it's nice to just play guitar and try to like focus only on that and have somebody else take care of whether or not i got a good take and stuff um and also have somebody kind of push me to try other things in the moment too that maybe like like one thing about us is we're very um, hands-on. So like Eric will tell me, you know, try this kind of riff or try like this, try bending that note or do like a weird sound on this part instead of what you're doing. And I'll try it. And it might not be exactly what he said, but B, 
because he suggested something and made me do something that I wouldn't have done. And then now we have this new sound that neither of us like expected. And then it's just like, you know, that works pretty often. And I think to push that even farther, we do that to the absolute like finish line of our songs. And then we go to somebody like Will Putney and maybe he has like one extra idea that we didn't think of. And it's like, oh shit. Okay. So it's like a good thing to uh, get into a studio with a producer who can uh, kind of like see new light into your songs that, you know, maybe you didn't see or like you get stuck on and uh, they can kind of like get you to a different point that you may not have gotten to. It's super cool to see how fluid you are with like all of night verses, because like, even when you were show- telling us about like the, the, the Twitch, you know, you program the drums and everything. And while you're not a drummer yourself, you have the idea and the rhythms and what you're trying to go for that matches the, the recording and the riffs and everything for Twitch. So I feel like that also kind of helps when you, you know, you help assist with like Eric or like when Eric helps like with Riley or you and you like, there's always this like fluidity between yeah. all three of you. And it really, really brings you all as a unit and also improves you all as musicians individually totally yeah i mean we've played together for like i was saying like 15 plus years so i mean for us like music is very at least between us music's very natural to to write together and like there's no like egos between us like i don't like if i if i write something i love i don't care if they don't and they tell me that it's not cool then i'll be like oh i'll trust them or Mm -hmm. if i don't like something and they both think it's awesome i'll trust them to you know, maybe it's cool, whatever. Um, and I think that goes for all of us. Like none of us are care about trying other ideas that anyone else in the band has. And that I think has made it easier for me on Twitch as well, because in the chat, like I was saying, like, I don't care if people contribute ideas. Like I'm down with that. Like, you know, if you have a thought, you want me to try something, I'm writing these songs for people to hear. So if you want to listen to something that is heavier than I was writing and you have that idea, maybe the riff I can go to was like, you know different than what you were thinking and then i do it how you're thinking and we all think it's better like cool like that's just like you know everyone has their own perception of music and what they think is enjoyable and uh i think everyone's got value there even if you can't play an instrument like i think you you have a beat in your head you have I, you have sounds in your head that you what you like about music is like what you would probably also want to write yourself if you knew how to play something and could express it so i like to be like the I guess the tool for that if, <laughs> if people are watching and they have that idea. Yeah, I, I feel like say I don't play an instrument myself. I've I'm always been enthralled in music. You know, I've always been interested in just like the inner workings and everything. I mean, that's really why, you know, why I got into radio while I did this podcast is just like I always love the why and like how the tinker because like. My wife is very creative, very artsy in the sense of like she can cook and and paint and everything. And I'm more like analytical artsy in the sense of like I know direction and like, you know, ideas and then forming the ideas and execution art 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 as well. And while the two sides are different art, it's all still art in the the end of the day. And I love like the idea of just like breaking things down and like, like you even talked about when you were talking about like music you're trying to listen to is like, you're listening to like sometimes the parts if stuff that you've already know and try to figure out like, okay, they did this or this sounds pretty cool and everything. And then going back and like listening to it all in in its entirety. And I think that's uh, really, it's like, 
and because like for music for me and like art for me it's like this kind of like this you know wave like i just imagine just like waves and everything in music it's like taking these like abstract ideas and actually putting them into solid like physical like grab a record grab a cassette or whatever like this is the music this is my ideas to life yeah and that's what i love about music and also to your point thinking about waves and things like that like that's super relevant i mean like we write songs sometimes like with the idea like is this going to be good to drive to like mm -hmm. is this something where you can put on at three in the morning while you're traveling across the country and like is it going to create that atmosphere to where it takes you to a place because you're also surrounded by like this twilight hour of like light where it's like in between you know because like a lot of our drive like we do that on tour so like for us like that's like a vibe that we're very aware of and a very uh you know enjoy like it's really cool sometimes like overnight drives can be really rough but there are moments of them where it's like super awesome and you kind of feel like you're the only person out on the road. And like, you know, it's like this weird haze of like uh, almost getting to the sun coming out, but it's still night. I always just think of it as like just this twilight vibe. And like there are certain songs that each of us will put on in those moments and stuff like that. Um, and I think when we write our music, like sometimes we think about that, too. Like, is this going to be something that, you know, we would want to put on or like, is this going to cater to you know, you walking down a beach or like you walking through like, you know, some whatever environment you're in, like, does it suit different feels and that and emotions in that way? And I think uh, it is very important because that stuff matters. I mean, like music can totally fit the background of your environment, depending mm -hmm. on what you're doing, especially, you know, it can be extra enhanced by that. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people like that. And I think that, you know, it's the same with like books and stuff like that, too. Like people probably want to if you're reading a book that's like very adventurous, maybe you want to be out somewhere and like read it in a city or read it like, you know, at a park or so, whatever it is. Like it's similar to me, like with music, like you put on a song because you feel a certain way or like you're in a certain place that reminds you of like how you felt when you heard that song or whatever it is. And I think, uh, yeah, the, the vibe of your environment is heavily either inspired by music. I mean, not inspired by music, but music can enhance that or, uh, you know, that can enhance the music. I think I think that's beautiful. What other than like what we've talked about, like what other music or whatever things that you you really either either discovered or really enjoyed this year as we come down to the the end of the end of the year, you know, people are going to think about best ofs and things like that. Like what what's some of the things, ideas, songs that whether it's yourself or or uh, your friends or just in general, like is there anything that pops out of you that you really enjoyed musically this year? Yeah, um, off the top of my head, I mean, obviously we talked about Deftones. I think that's probably the most recent thing. But uh, there's this band called Loth that came out in, well, they came out a while a while back, I think. But they put out a record, I think, in February of this year. Um, that's probably the best like heavy record I've heard in a while. And they were fresh with it. Like they had this like whole, uh, I don't know, like they combined a lot of what I like about Deftones, a lot about what I like about like gent music and kind of just merged those like sounds really well and uh yeah it's a record where i hear that and it's like it can be inspiring sometimes to like hear somebody's fresh take on heavy music because that's the thing is like i'm super into heavy music like i was saying like it can be the most generic thing ever but if it has a good breakdown or a good riff like i'm down mm -hmm. and a band like loath caters to me on that end where like they write interesting stuff but it still fits that heavy like I just want to put something on the headbang to you. Like they do that. And on top of that, they're actually pretty like creative. So right. that blend is like what I always look for 
like for example like that band i'm not gonna skim through like i'm gonna listen to the whole song because they do different things throughout the whole song there's like you know it's not just like oh we're gonna here's the here's the hook we're gonna go to the verse we're gonna do the chorus and then we're gonna go to the bridge and we're gonna do, like there's no like guarantee of the song it's like this they do fresh stuff um so that that was one record for me and uh trying to think like in general um that's probably the only those two records are probably the only cds that i really like actually listened to this year like from start to finish that i could off the top of my head but uh there's always bands i go back to and um you know our expandits is always a band that i like a lot and carnival and like uh i would say those two i probably put on the most um just like when i'm just you know, mindlessly listening to music or whatever it is, if I'm doing chores and stuff like that sometimes or driving, like I do gravitate towards those bands pretty often. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, I did actually, so Tosin Abasi uh, plays guitar and animals as leaders. Um, he put out some stuff this year, like technique wise on guitar. One thing called selective picking, which uh, is a technique I had never seen before or heard. And, that was pretty inspiring in itself because whether like it wasn't actually like a a, a release like musically or anything like, or i mean it wasn't a cd or a, a song but it was just a technique and some riffs that he's posted and stuff like that explaining the technique and something like that doesn't happen very often to me like there's a lot of guitar players that i think are really good guitar players but it's not very common to get inspired or at least for me to get inspired by watching somebody play because mm-hmm. most of the time i feel like a lot of people are kind of just doing similar things that other people have done. And there's a handful of people that exist that will do things that no one's done. I think Tosin's one of those people. And there's a reason why he's like, so, you know, he holds so many accolades Like people like really respect this dude because he's a great player and he's constantly innovating. So for me, him putting out some new stuff that I'd never seen on guitar, like legit blew my mind. And like, I didn't even know what he was doing. I had to ask him like, what, art or do you have pedals on like what is causing these this sound like this is crazy and uh, i watched the, like this first video he posted i watched so many times on instagram just like what the like what is he doing and, and uh like when he told me about it then he posted a, a lesson video about it and i was like oh shit like now that i get it i appreciate it even more because it's like why hasn't anyone done that before it's crazy like how are you thinking of stuff that no one's done on guitar it's fucking guitar man like there's so many people that play guitar right like, over years and like i mean speaking of that too like losing eddie like that dude was an innovator too like so like that people like that happens every once in a while where there's guys that just innovate something like that and eddie was for sure one of those guys i'm not like the biggest van halen fan by any means but like him as a guitar player i respect the fact that like people i can only imagine the minds that he blew back in the day where he was like shredding the way he does and no one else is really doing that and that on that level um so yeah i mean basically like i think tosin like is one of those dudes who has consistently innovated guitar playing and that's inspiring to me on a musical end because that's what i like i i want to see people pushing the creative boundaries i want to see people doing things that like no one does and like not giving a shit if it's what's trendy or what's like what everyone else is doing like that kind of stuff you know there's other guys too that i follow on instagram that are you know even if they just post like little quick riffs here and there, like their technique and their style is unique. And there's a lot of value in that to me versus like just writing a, a catchy song or writing something that like I've heard a million times. Like even if you shred your ass off, like getting to the point of being able to shred your ass off isn't like there's like a textbook written of how to do that. 
but there's no book on how to be creative. So, I mean, there might be, but like the idea of actually being in a spot where you can create something new, like that's like the goal. So that or to me at least. And like, that's where I appreciate people the most. Cause it's like, it's hard to do that. And that's something I try to challenge myself to do. Like, I think that that's probably the biggest benefit of, I mean, I hope to get to the point of doing stuff like that for other people, like where they can hear something I did and be like, shit, like, that's cool. Like, how, like, how did you do that or something like that's like when I write guitar riffs, like I think about what have I not heard somebody do or like, what can I do where it's like a blend of every single thing that I like about music. Um, but yeah, whatever. I ran no, a lot I, of this shit. <laughs> no, that's a lot. No, I, I think it's awesome. I, I said something like a weird anal, uh, and a, a, a metaphor uh, uh, recently that it says like, nobody knows that like who formed a path. They just know it's there. So yeah. I like think the idea of just like you forming your own path and you're like I don't know where it's this is gonna go but I'm gonna do it and then maybe some people will follow that that lead to the point where you know you know you yourself or you follow somebody else that somebody else has uh, has blazed the path and everything it's, and it's it's awesome to be like you know seeing where the box is going beyond the box and then forming new boxes from it it's just like. Music and art is fucking tight. Like shit. Yeah, dude. Like what I get like just get angry about it sometimes. It's just like out of passion. I'm just like, this is awesome. Like this is like this is the creative process. Like this is why we it's not only just entertainment, but it's just like it's it's part therapy, it's part entertainment, it's part it's art, it's all these things together that, that makes music worth a damn that like guys like me could talk to people like you for a hundred episodes or more and, and get their mind blown every episode for something they said or did or performed with. Yeah. No, man. I mean, and that's, I guess like, like writing music, I think there's two sides to it. Cause you enjoy music, listening to it. You enjoy music, interpreting it and like taking it in. And I think the live element is also valuable. And I think there's bands that thrive in that setting as well that probably like when I speak like, you know, earlier I was talking about how I don't understand how some people are just not being productive, I guess, or like mm -hmm. what I think would be productive. And maybe they are. Maybe they just don't post about it, which is good for them also. But um, so, you know, assuming people are not being productive, like I think there are certain people who really do thrive in the live scenario to where it's like, well, what else would I do? Like I, I play live like that is like all I I put all of my efforts into being a unique live show mm -hmm. or whatever it is like that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of value to that too. Cause like I, I miss going to shows. I don't go to shows all the time, but I like when I, there is a band I want to see, like it's inspiring to see them perform live and it's inspiring Same. to watch people like that have crafted their, their musicianship so much that now it's like time to do it. And like watching somebody like that, you know, like is just passionate about what they do. It's a lot different watching somebody perform in that way than just listening to a record. Um, and so I kind of miss that element because I would say that's probably where I got the most inspired. Like watching people perform, even if it's not music that I play, is always inspiring in itself. And like watching other musicians just be badass and like do their thing, like that's inspiring. And you know, even on tour, like watching, even if it's the same bands every night, if they're good bands, like all I want to do is write music when I go home in those moments. It's just like, man, like, this is giving me so many ideas, whether it's like because of that riff or whatever it is, just being here and seeing people react to what they just did makes me think like, okay, I want to do something that causes that to happen for, for me or like whatever. Like I, I love watching live music, live music. So I think like that element of all of this pandemic stuff is a pretty uh, shitty thing to not have in general. Mm -hmm. Um, aside from the careers that it's, uh, 
kind of capsizing but aside from that like the just the audience enjoyment of stuff kind of sucks to, to not have that it's it's a shame and i hope to goodness that like the the industry and like the venues and everybody can bounce back in the new year in some sort of fashion or you know maybe this becomes a new new way of like people performing in the streets and you you think about like renaissance stuff or whatever like Dude, but, i know, love like, outdoor we, shows that's yeah. my favorite I think it's like it's a time that like we're just gonna we're just gonna we we you can't bring the the music to us so we'll bring the music to you in a sense of just like it doesn't need to be in a venue we'll just be out in a field and we'll just yeah. gather people in a field you know whatever, whatever. that no I, one cares well, yeah I want to go to that be awesome it's the festivals everywhere fuck it do it outdoor f- field festivals just music everywhere no stages no nothing just go out in nature and go perform for, for the birds or you know neighbors and farms or whatever. No, totally. And watching, uh, I, it is kind of cool to watch who has adapted to the sh- live streaming stuff because I think mm-hmm. so, certain elements of it, um, kind of like you you see new new parts of bands maybe like that you wouldn't have uh you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So whether it's like a dude playing like in a band that is like okay, I'm gonna play a set of my band's music just by myself on stream. What songs do you want to hear? And it's like, what? Like, I get to pick the song. Like, like that's cool. Like, that, like, you get to pick the songs this guy's going to play or, like, whatever it is. Like, that situation is, like, it's a cool thing, even if it's, like, sort of uh, maybe isn't the same for the dude doing it. It's, like, a different experience. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope everyone finds ways to adapt and find positives in this environment because I think there's a lot of opportunities to. Um, but it is, no doubt, like, a challenge. And, uh, yeah, so I hope that 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 a lot of people have gotten something positive out of it yeah, where they can. Me, yeah, me too. Me too, man. Um, it, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I think this has been really rad. You're an awesome guitar player, big fan, you, became a bigger fan because of these talks. And I wish you guys, uh, you and, and all your projects and, and, you know, best of luck with everything. And hopefully we will cross paths again when you come to this side of the country. And uh, yeah, it'll be really rad. If we want to get in touch with you and your stuff, all of it, go ahead and cheap plug yourself. Yeah. Um, and also thank you for having me on here again. It was rad talking to you as well. Uh, yeah. yeah if you guys want to check out, um, uh, myself, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I usually post most of what I have going on there. Um, whether it's riffs or whatever I'm doing on Twitch or night versus band stuff. Uh, it's just Instagram.com slash Nick DePiro or at Nick DePiro, just my name and, uh, Twitch, same thing, Twitch or dot TV slash Nick DePiro. That's where I do live songwriting. Um, usually Monday through Friday and uh, generally in, you know, morning time, but I'm going to rotate some new times in eventually. And then my band camp uh, is probably, that's where you can find all my music. So if you're, you know, into just listening to a lot of shit and you want it for free, I have all that stuff on there. Free download. It's all good. You know, like pay what you want. You can pay nothing. I don't care. I just want people to hear it. So I have that, um, which is just my name at bandcamp.com. So Nick DiPiro, no, Nick DiPiro.bandcamp.com. And then uh, Night Versus and Head Cave, both of those are also on Instagram at Head Cave, at Night Versus, and uh, nightversus.com. So all of those things. But all that being said, if you go to my Instagram, I have links to all that shit to you. So it's literally all just on my Instagram. Yes, and of course, you can follow this podcast on all major podcast platforms. If you haven't done so already, check us out on theradarpc.com. Subscribe, invite your friends. We're on all the social media. And if you have a chance to leave us a review, please do. Nick, anything else you want to add? Uh, 
Not really, man. I guess uh, thank you guys for listening and giving a shit. And I uh, appreciate that. Appreciate you listening to this podcast. And yeah, have uh, a good, good rest of the year. <laughs> I am Peapod and you are you. And thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the On The Radar podcast. <laughs>